Hey guys, great to, great to be with you today. Um, last week we looked at the, we called it Sonship, the big story. Okay, so we were looking at Sonship last week and we end, kind of that sermon ended looking at the great restoration of our Sonship, that we've become children of God, the family of God. We were looking at the Holy Spirit filling us and bringing us back in or bringing us into adoption as children weren't we it's adoption as children of God and today rather than just kind of fire on very quickly what I really felt the Lord was saying about today is actually look into that and today focus on and take us forward from um, from that point where we're focusing on our lives in the spirit living a life led by the spirit we now have this big context the grand narrative which is such an important um, it's an important one to get the big picture see the big picture so if you didn't hear it last week either wait till the podcast out um, or or just come ask me and I can send it to you from the kind of the the raw text as I say that's the one with all the all the swearing left in and um, so last week and today, we remember back at the beginning of the summer was this, we were doing a Holy Spirit series. This kind of, I feel like we're shimmying back into it. That um, unbeknownst to me, I tend to only realize these things afterwards, but the Lord's kind of brought us back into it. And so these messages about sonship and Christian Rich there shared a lot about vision and church, that these messages about sonship are very close to my heart because they're very central to our vision as a church, that um, our vision, if you don't, if you, many of you know this, but our vision, if you don't, can be summed up in two words. You can see more about it on the website, but those two words are family and harbour. And particularly with family, whilst family does speak about, you know, parenting and marriage and things like that, the, the highest point of that, it speaks about us as children of God, us the church becoming the family of God here in Hong Kong, living like that, that he would reveal to us and he would lead us into this place where we live more and more like a child of God, where we reflect him more and more into the world, that we would live more and more in the fullness of our sonship. It's not a religious life. Eh? not a religious life but it is a life of power where when people around you they're like well there's something different about you not just that you're extra nice but there's something that they sense that they smell about you which is like oh, there's something different I feel today is significant and <laughs> whilst preparing this morning um, God so God pretty much got me to delete about 20 to 25 percent of the sermon so I was like you guys I'm still going to work a miracle and still make it just the same length as normal but um the you know actually maybe in hindsight it was because we we had a bit of longer time here and God didn't want people walking out on me near the back end of it um I don't know um but yeah I did delete quite a lot of it this morning and i one particular thing I deeply believe there's this one thing one thing that's very significant for us that God really wants us to get today that he really wants us to get and this is the big idea today 
children of God, it's us, children of God are led by the Holy Spirit. Children of God are led by the Spirit of God. That word led is going to be core today. Children of God are led by the Spirit of God. We cannot live, talking about living, not being, about being saved, but we cannot live as children of God not being led by the Spirit. It doesn't work like that. It's, it's, it isn't possible. Legally, our standing with Christ, are we saved? Yeah, 100%. Are we children of God? Yes, we are. Because it's completely about what Christ has done on the cross that we're saved. But if we want to live and walk, see that fullness of sonship, walk in the fullness of what it means to be a child of God, we've got to be led by the Spirit of God. Being a child of God, it's not a religious concept or a piece of theology that we think, oh, that's nice, that's kind of a tagline I can like, put on myself. It's something that completely alters our life. It completely changes everything because now we're being led by the Spirit and not by anything else. It alters how we live and it opens, it alters what is open to us to live in. The Holy Spirit and our relationship with the Holy Spirit is central. This being led by the Holy Spirit is central and essential to us living each and every day as a child of God, in the fullness of what we've been brought into as a child of God. So let's get into Galatians 4. We're going to be in Romans 8 later and kind of Galatians and Romans. Galatians 4, 6 and 7. It says, To show that you are his children, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. The Spirit who cries out, Father, my Father. That's Abba Father, isn't it? So then you are no longer a slave. The Spirit of God has come upon you and set you free. You are no longer a slave, but a child. And since you are his child, God will give you all that he has for his children. And this verse speaks about our new state, our new standing. It speaks about living in the new humanity. It's about living that eternal life now. It's got an aspect in it about being led by the Spirit. A life where you're in step with the Spirit of God. In Romans, it speaks about this life of God. This life of, sorry, this life of a child of God. A person living in step with the Holy Spirit. And Paul writing to the believers up in Rome, to the churches there, he writes this in Romans 8, 12 to 13. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation not sorry but it is not to the flesh to live according to it for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body you will live there's life in that the children of God conquer that walking in sin conquer that sinful lifestyle the old nature not by our own efforts and our own strengths but by the spirit by the spirit we're not saved by getting rid of all the sin in our lives we know that we know that we come to jesus just as we are 
Right? It's not like, oh, well, I'd like, to, I'd like to come to you, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you've got to make yourself perfect first. We know that we're saved by grace. We know it's because of the cross of Christ that we're saved. But this is speaking about someone who's a believer in Jesus and has been filled with the Holy Spirit and now lets their life be led by the Holy Spirit so that the spirit of life leads them continuously into life. See, we know that we're saved by Christ and through what he did on the cross, we know that. We know our standing has completely changed, hasn't it? But the spirit of God has brought about our adoption to sonship. We know that happened not by keeping God's moral law. We could never do that. We could never do that. We could never keep the law. It imprisoned us. But does that mean that we ignore the moral law now? That it is completely irrelevant? That now everything is permissible? Not at all. That's licentiousness, isn't it? That because of grace I can sin all the more. Paul speaks about that. No. Not at all. We live life with a heart to keep the moral law out of love for our neighbour, don't we? Because if you think of the law, if you're breaking that, you're hurting somebody. We live in that way out of love for our neighbour. And we live in that way out of love for Christ, out of love for God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, body, soul and mind. And love your neighbour as yourself. And the law is complete and fulfilled in these because it's a, it's a way of living in love. But we hurt Jesus, or it's not loving to Christ, when we, when we sin. All sin is unloving towards God. Doesn't mean that we're never going to mess up, does it? But where's your heart? Where's your heart? Is it, oh, okay, well, now I'm saved in Christ, it's, it's fine. Pete often, in Edinburgh, often uses the analogy of the pig and the sheep, that, or the lamb, that falls into mud, a pool of mud. And what's the pig do? The pig wallows in the mud. The mud's supposed to be sin. Pig wallows in the mud, says, like, oh, this is amazing. What's the what does the sheep say? Help! Help! Wants to get out. Where's your heart? The thing is, we could never keep the law. Otherwise, we could have saved ourselves couldn't we? And we'd be our own saviors and not Christ. That's why Christ had to come to free us from it, free us from the law. But even now in our freedom, in our own efforts to do what is right, that will fail because of the flesh, because we still have our sinful nature. That is why it is only living our lives day in and day out by the Spirit being led by the Spirit, that we'll find continued victory over these things, that we'll live in the fullness of life. Because one thing brings death and the other brings life. That we'll be stepping into that fullness of life as the Spirit leads us into that place. And we find victory over those things, not in our own strength, but by the Spirit. But the Spirit isn't a tool, you know? The spirit isn't a tool. It's not like, okay, I've got my spirit hammer here. And then you just walk around like trying to smash the challenges in your life. And the spirit isn't a thing to wield. It's not a thing. It's a person, isn't it? Your temptations and your challenges. It's not speaking about going up to them, wielding the Holy Spirit, trying to smash them down. The very next verse in Romans 8, Romans 8, 14, that we just, that 
because we just read 12 and 13. The very next verse says this, for those who are led, led, not wheeled, but led the Spirit of God are the children of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. If you take one thing away from today, and I'm going to keep going on about it, so don't worry, you won't forget it. If you take one thing away from today, take that. One challenge away from today, take that. Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Are you led by the Spirit? Are you led by the Spirit? Or do you lead the Spirit? Actually, is the Spirit there at all? Are you an instrument in the hand of the Lord? Or do you see the Spirit as an instrument in your hand? When we lead lives filled with the Spirit and obedient to the Spirit, being led by the Spirit will walk into this life of the Spirit, will walk as children of God. There are many things that want to lead us. You maybe know this, many things that want to lead us. Other people, sometimes family, culture, sometimes ourselves, actually usually ourselves. We all want to be king of our own lives, right? King of our own castles. But this trade of being led by the Holy Spirit, Jesus demonstrated because he's continually led by the Spirit. One great example, Matthew 4.1. Matthew 4.1 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Would you let him lead you? Would you let him lead you? He will always lead you to victory. He will always lead you to life. He will always lead you to fullness of life. But just like Jesus in that situation, it may look like he's taking you into a desert. It may look like he's taking you into a place where, oh, that doesn't look very nice. I remember God saying to me, it's, many of you guys know this story, of me sat in, in the front left of one of the churches in Edinburgh, one of the Destiny locations in Edinburgh, and I'm sat there and God says, do Destiny College. And I said, this was just after I'd finished uni, just after, and I said, no, Lord. And what I saw was Destiny College was the way to sure poverty. I'd had like four years being a student. I needed to earn money. I needed to earn money. I said, no, Lord, I will not walk in that path. I am going to go and work in finance. Oh, well, actually, that was the only job I could find, so it sounds like something great. It wasn't. Um, I'm going to, and I ended up going to work in finance in Belgium, the only job I could find, probably because they didn't pay me and it was all commission. But anyway, that's the way I went, and it's great lessons I learned. But I went that way, ended up by the end of the year, certainly, fortunately, I could live with my brother because I, I would have been in debt otherwise. I earned, like, literally no money. So my path, to, my path to success, my path to rich has completely failed. And then I, the, the work environment wasn't nice. And then I ended up just randomly going to see friends in Edinburgh. And it just happened to be about a year later. And I'm sat in exactly the same building and more or less the same place. And I'm sat there and I just heard the voice of God say, do Destiny College. And so I said, yes, okay. He's very patient. And that, you know, that path led to jobs. It led to resource. It led to new relationships. It led... It led to us being here actually it was that year that i was doing it it was only a few it was maybe only about not even six months after that that god spoke those words in 2013 this is 2009 2013 go to destiny church go to destiny sorry go to hong kong to plant destiny church wow you know follow god 
I remember when we were here, because I thought that would be the big step coming here, but it wasn't, there were bigger ones. And, and God, God said, go full time with church, go full time with church. And the vision he gave me was of me jumping into a pit of darkness. I was like, I said, trust me in this, jump, in, jump into this darkness. I was just like, oh man, you know? And I didn't do it very well. I had like a year falling down the side of the slope. because so I went part-time. I didn't go full-time, I went part-time and I tried to hang on. And like, that was, a, that was an interesting year. Point is, it may look like the Holy Spirit is leading you down a path where there are no resources, there's no relationship there, the people to stand with you, there's no nothing. And maybe you see a big devil at the end of it. But victory is the Lord's victory is the Lord. He will always lead you ultimately into fullness, ultimately into life. Let him lead you. In fact, guys, this is a major decision of will you let your life be led by him every morning when you get up? Okay, Holy Spirit, you lead. You're in charge. This is a major decision for you personally walking into life and actually for us as a church because you are Destiny Church. You are Destiny Church. It's not an official document somewhere. It is you, every person who makes it up. If we're not led by him corporately as a church, we'll never come to the fullness of what he intends for Destiny Church to be. You know, we'll never get to that place because I don't know the way there. Only he knows the way there. Sure, we could have a good church, we could build a church, we could do all kinds of things, we'll do some cool programs, and it would be good. But it, may, uh, but it wouldn't be, if we're not led by him, the place that he is leading us to, which is the best. Let's go back to Romans 8. Romans 8, 15. Let's go back into this being led by the Holy Spirit. The spirit, sorry guys. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Anyone ever lived in fear? Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry. We cry, Abba, Father. It's an incredible statement because it's speaking about something very spiritual, isn't it? Speaking about something very spiritual, receiving the Holy Spirit, that we're adopted into sonship, but also something very real, very physical, very emotional. Things going on in your body that cause an effect in you in the here and now, causing us to cry out. That's a cry with joy, isn't it? Cry out, to experience emotion. It says, and to not live in fear. It's not conceptual. Some idea of not living in fear. It is not living in fear. It is not living in fear. Who's experienced fear? You know? Who's experienced fear? It's nasty. It's dark. It's scary stuff. Fear can cause us to lose our minds, make bad decisions, scream and cry and shout. Fear's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a really real thing that affects people all over the earth. Paul here is writing to the Romans and is telling them about the Holy Spirit. And that 
you haven't, that he's not the spirit of fear. He's opposite to that. He's not that spirit of fear. We know that the Holy Spirit is love, isn't he? He's God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of love. Through him, we experience the true fatherhood of God. That this Holy Spirit that we've received has brought about your adoption into God's family. It's not just some weird theological thing that has no meaning to us right now. It's speaking about real peace that you can feel today. Real experience love that we feel in our hearts. The enemy always wants to trick us into believing that this kind of passage isn't true or whilst maybe it's kind of true in a religious sense, we don't really, we, we've received a, something, but it doesn't have any impact on our today. I don't know if you've ever been around anybody, and maybe this has happened to you as well, right? Who've experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time. The Holy Spirit, when, when it comes upon them, it isn't a concept, is he? He's not, it's just not an idea. People feel heat in their body, it's real. People feel the love of God. People feel warmth and peace. We're with these Cambodian ladies after church last week. Many of them said they, when we prayed for them, that they felt heat. Many of them said they, they felt a peace. Many of them said they felt that the burden they had had kind of gone off them. I remember doing Alpha once with a guy and he asked me if I was some, I don't even remember the name, but he asked me, it was some like Buddhist, like, master person and asked me if I was that. I said, why? And he said, well, because I can feel a lot of stuff going on in my body. I remember Soul Survivor many years ago and I was there and they said, anyone who wants to receive the Holy Spirit come to the front. And I went to the front. There was about 800, 1,000 kids had all gone to the front. So there's about 12,000, 13,000 there at this event. And we were all there and there's a big stage and I was up nearer the left and this wave of the Holy Spirit, that's the best way to describe it. If you ever stood at the beach and then this and a wave comes down and people are like getting knocked over or whatever, it was like a wave of the Holy Spirit began breaking down that line. And I just remember watching and just seeing people start laughing or seeing, seeing people just start crying or some people just fell over, some people just getting impacted. You know? I wasn't thinking, oh, this is a kind of interesting experience. You know? When, when that hit me, when it got to me, I was just filled with love. I remember I spent the next hour on the floor just laughing and crying and just completely lost in God. That, that's not something that maybe happens every single day and it's, it works in different ways and different people. But my point is being led by the Holy Spirit isn't an idea. It is real, it's tangible. It's, a, it's something we experience and live in every day. He and his effects, they're real and tangible. In the Roman world, this passage that we just read in Romans would have been really powerful because they had slaves, didn't they? And they had, they had adopted sons. I just wanna to read to you a quote from John Stott. Says, he says, in the Roman world of the first century, an adopted son was a son deliberately chosen, deliberately chosen by his adoptive father to perpetuate his name and inherit his estate. He was 
no whit inferior in status to a son born in the ordinary course of nature and might well enjoy the father's affection more fully and reproduce the father's character more worthily. God chose us, didn't he? God chose us. The Holy Spirit has brought about our adoption to sonship and in him we experience the love and the favour poured out on an adopted son of God. That's a real experience. Being led by the Spirit isn't conceptual, it's real. Paul, writing to the Galatians, he refers into that big story of sonship that we we looked at last week mentions those ruling spirits that we looked at last week powers and principalities and he reminds the galatians of their sonship that before they were slaves and now they are sons it's quite a long passage but i'm going to read it and you'll see there's one that we've already we read a, a, a minute ago within that but now to continue, the son who will receive his father's property is treated just like a slave while he is young, even though he re really owns everything. While he is young, there are men who take care of him and manage his affairs until the time set by his father. In the same way, we too were slaves of the ruling spirits of the universe before we reach spiritual maturity. But when the right time finally came, God sent his own son. He came as the son of a human mother and lived under the Jewish law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might become God's children, to show that you are his children. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who cries out, Father, my father, Abba, father. So then you are no longer a slave, but a child. And since you are his child, God will give you all that he has for his children. In the past, you did not know God. And so you were slaves of beings who are not gods. But now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, how is it that you want to turn back to those weak and pitiful ruling spirits. Why do you want to become their slaves all over again? You pay special attention to certain days and months, seasons and years. I'm worried about you. Can it be that all my work for you has been for nothing? Life in the spirit means that we are God's children. Being led by the Holy Spirit is living as a child of God. The Galatians here, they're turning away from living in the Spirit. Galatians shows they've got two rifts, the two, two examples of um, issues that are going on. One is turning to the spirits of the world, of culture, of the, the, the religion of the time. And this spirit of religion to save ourselves, religion itself. The church is getting pressure by the kind of Jewish contingent of the church for, this is the big story Galatians, for them to get circumcised in order that they can properly come into the family of faith. And that's really the main drive of Galatians that we see it through, this thing of law and grace, law and grace. But in that passage we just read, particularly, the Galatians also seem to be slipping back into this 
the thing at the time was pagan emperor worship. The spirits behind the powers of the world, which would have been the main thing of that day. That would have been the culture. Many of the friends that they had known would have been in that and the different festival days and monthly festivals and annual festivals and things like that. And Paul is saying, why are you going back to be led by them? Why are you going back to them? Why are you going back to being led by these spirits? Be led by the Holy Spirit. The Jewish background believers in the church that are trying to get the, get the newly converted Gentile believers to be circumcised and fully follow the law, they're doing so because they don't understand this new life that is led and directed by the Spirit. Reminding and encouraging the churches in Galatia, Paul writes this, just in, the, just in the next chapter, he writes this, and he says, what I say is this, let the Spirit direct your lives, and you will not satisfy the desires of the human nature. It's the same thing he wrote to the Romans. What a statement, what a challenge. Paul's opponents are trying to lay down the law again, trying to enslave people to their own efforts to be good enough for God. Strength to lead their own lives, keeping the law. And Paul goes on to say this in the next two verses, 5, 17, 18. He says, for what our human nature wants is opposed to what the spirit wants. And what the spirit wants is opposed to what the human nature wants. These two are enemies. And this means that you cannot do what you want to do. If the spirit leads you, then you are not subject to the law. What a blessing that we have the Holy Spirit who would lead us, who leads us into life. We know that sin leads to death. We know that. Sin is following those human desires, following our, our human nature, not, not following the law or keeping the law. See, if you sow sin into your life, it's going to produce a kind of death. Isn't it? It's going to produce a kind of death. To see that sozo life planted and be grown in your life, be led by the spirit of life. Are you letting the spirit lead you? Because as you're led by the spirit, it's going to produce stuff. And you know, sometimes maybe we're led by the spirit in many, many things, but maybe there's one area we say, actually, I'm not cool for you to lead in this. Galatians 5, 22, 26. What's the Spirit producing? But the Spirit produces love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. There is no law against such things as these. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have put to death their human nature with all its passions and desires. The Spirit has given us life. He must also control our lives. We must not be proud or irritate one another or be jealous of one another. You know, I love verse 25. It's probably one of the hard, it's a hard verse. It's a hard one. The Spirit has given us life. We know that. The Spirit has given us life. He must also control our lives. So challenging, so counterintuitive for the human nature, but so essential. We're saved by what Christ did. 
don't we? It's the Holy Spirit who gives us life, this eternal life. He brings about our adoption of sonship. But now we've come to faith, he must also control our lives, that we are led by him. See, the Holy Spirit isn't just for saving and the occasional zapping, and then he kind of kicks around somewhere else. He's for living. He is for our living. He leads us. And it can sound like slavery. Maybe if you're hearing this for the first time, it can sound like slavery, some kind of weird religious bondage. But we just read back in Romans 8.15, the Spirit doesn't make us slaves. He is not a spirit of slavery. He doesn't make us slaves. 2 Corinthians 3.17. See, there is no life so free than a life led by the Holy Spirit. That's true freedom. This verse, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. You want genuine fullness of freedom in your life? Be led by the Spirit of God. Living life, being led by the Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is in control, is the most freedom-filled life a human being could ever possibly experience. If you feel bondage, maybe about anything today, ask yourself that question. Holy Spirit, are you, have I, maybe even unwittingly, have I not allowed you to lead me, lead me in this area? Be led by the Spirit. If we let our nature lead us, then we're no different to anyone else. And sometimes it's gonna be good, so we'll make lines, decisions in line with, with, with God, but sometimes it's gonna be bad, and we won't. But if we are led by the Holy Spirit and are obedient to his direction, just imagine that life. Imagine that environment around you. I always love that Sarah and I don't ever share anything particularly before we do, um, before we do, um, uh, the service because there's a whole section I'm going to go into about fragrance. We never really sing about fragrance and I never really preach about fragrance. The children of God, that's us being filled and led by the Spirit of Christ. We're going to begin to look like Him. We're going to begin to act like Him. We're going to begin to smell like Him. You know, you can be in a room where someone's got apples, you know, and well actually probably with apples some people are like that you've got to get pretty close before you can tell that oh I suppose Jesus on you but some things they're oranges right and you peel, peel the orange and wow someone's eating oranges here you can smell orange from a long way away the aroma there's a guy who heads up all our work in India his name's Solomon incredible guy Angel met him when we were in the UK a few years back and he's they get up at 4am every day and with the orphans in the orphanage there, and they pray for us. They pray for the churches around the world. They pray for their local area. I mean, it's just very humbling. He spends so much time with, with God. He spends so much time in the spirit. He just, he just stinks of Jesus in a very positive way. It's just like, oh man, like getting near this guy, sometimes when, I'm, when, I, just, when I see him and he comes up to me and um, I won't try and impersonate him, but, and he just comes up to me and he just says hello. I just sometimes want to burst out crying. So I just feel, I just like, I just feel God coming off him. So true, right? Isn't it? Yeah. He's, there's this aroma of Jesus. He's like the Durian version. You know? 2 Corinthians 2.15. 
for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. It's talking about us on the earth as a pleasing aroma to God, but in that place of among those who are, being, who are saved and among those who are perishing, the fragrance coming off the children of God, in and amongst the other children of God, in and amongst the church and the world. It's the aroma of Jesus that's coming from the Holy Spirit in us and from that life of him just leading us. We speak a lot about the kingdom of God coming on earth as it is in heaven. Being led by the Holy Spirit is a core way of seeing the kingdom environment, the aroma of the king coming on earth through you and through your life. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom, sorry, for God's kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, which is a fruit of the Spirit, joy, fruit of the Spirit, which, who gives it? The Holy Spirit gives. That's a kingdom life that the Holy Spirit leads us into and produces within us and causes us to flow from us. When we're led by the Spirit, the fragrance of King Jesus is all around us, will be all over us. Some of you will know this, but that was actually spoken over you guys many years ago. In 2012, there was a prophecy given over Destiny Church Hong Kong, which is you. And it's this beautiful link between family and harbour, actually, and I only really realised it today, this week. Liam Smith, who heads up all the work in Europe, but it's a very prophetic guy, he prophesied this and he said, Destiny Church Hong Kong, you will be like a fragrant harbour in the city, pouring forth the fragrance of God. And when I've explained our vision, you know that this is really the foundation of where our vision for harbour comes from. But you see, the fragrance is coming from the family, the children of God here in Hong Kong. But that's only going to happen as we as individuals and together and, and as a church are led by the Spirit. I think this may be one of the most significant challenges for the year for all of us. It is for me because it's so important, so important for our entire lives. You know, it's going to be a decision that we make every morning when we step out, maybe even multiple times through the day, to be led by the Spirit. Sarah, can I invite you to come up? We're going to have a response time now. And for some of you, this means making a decision I actually feel there may, there may be, some, some, if, if someone is here um, who feels any um, form of, hey, I, that is, I'm not living like that, I haven't done that, and you feel some form of condemnation in your heart because of it, you need, that, that isn't God. I just feel to say that right now, that isn't God, because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is how Romans 8 even begins. So there's no condemnation. This is a thing of freedom and peace and joy but a thing of actually God's just smiling on you and it's like, oh yeah, man, I, I missed that. And taking his hand 
Maybe it's taking his hand in your whole life. Maybe it's taking his hand afresh in an area of life that you pulled the barricades up in. So guys, just have some time with him and just make that decision today between you and, you and the Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, lead me. I, I choose to put you in control of my life. You know, we actually pray this every week, don't, don't we? For any new person who wants to come to faith, that's part of that. I make you Lord of my life. I follow you today, I bow the knee to you. Well, that life is a life lived being led by him. If you are here today or listening to the podcast and you want to start the journey with God, you, you wouldn't call yourself a child of God. You don't, you're beginning to get to know Jesus, but you've never said, Lord, I want to make you king. I want to bow the knee. I want, I want you to reign in my life. I want you to rule my life. If that's you today, I want to invite you just to you say this prayer after me in your home, wherever you are. Say it under your breath. You can say it if you're, if you're here as well. Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my sin and saving me. I forgive those who have sinned against me. Thank you for making me a child of God. I choose to follow you today from this day forward. I give you my life today and make you Lord of my life. Fill me, Holy Spirit, and lead me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, just everyone close your eyes here. If you're on the podcast, please send us a message if you prayed that. If you're here, guys, if you're here, please close your eyes. And just, just so there's some, this, I'm, done, I'm not gonna call you out or anything. But if you prayed that prayer for the, and this is you coming to God, please just pop your hand up in the air because I, I'd love to come and pray with you afterwards. I'm going to pray just to, and we're just going to carry on in this time of just attitude of worship. If you would like prayer for anything specific, for the thing we've spoken about, for anything else, just uh, leave your, just put your hands, palms, uh, hands open, palms facing upwards, just in, in your lap, and someone will come round and pray with you. Father, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. God, we just thank you that you're King of kings and Lord of lords. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you lead us into victory, that you lead us into, you lead us into life and a fullness of life. And I just pray for every single person here, wherever we're at on the journey, just come Holy Spirit, come, fill them afresh. If there's a big barrier, if there's a big challenge, something that's hard, Lord, I just pray that you're just, your soothing balm would just come and just fill, fill them afresh. Fill them afresh. Guys, just o- open your hands to him. Give that, give that area of challenge just over to him.
Lord, I just pray your peace over this place. I pray your rest over this place. Lord, I pray the fullness of your life and the fullness of your fruit just growing and being exemplified through this place. Lord, I pray that in you, as we are led by you, Lord, as you lead us closer and closer, Lord, to, into yourself, Lord, as we spend more time with you and we just experience Christ all the more, Lord, that your aroma would be upon us, that people would come into this place and just smell God, just be like, wow, I, I went to that place and, I, and God was there for each of our lives as we're out in the, out in the world, that, that people would be like, wow, something is different about you. Something's different. Guys, I just bless you in Jesus' mighty name as you go out into this week and that you're led by the Holy Spirit. Amen.